Will you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. How are decisions made? Who is in charge? Who really calls the shots? How is leadership identified and vetted? How do we organize ourselves, divvy up the work, and choose leadership? In our case, how do we do these things for the express purpose of conveying the good news and, however haltingly, embodying the person of Christ in this time and place? In the days and months after Jesus' death, the followers of Jesus faced just such questions. In today's story, there is tension, grumbling, finger-pointing. Some of the work, it isn't getting done, or not to everyone's satisfaction. Moreover, there's an appearance of favoritism, rifts and factions are forming. The followers of Jesus, they do what Christians have been doing ever since. They call a meeting, talk it over, and propose a solution. The division of labor they agree upon is interesting. They divide the responsibilities between those who will preach and those who will feed the hungry. And there's something of a wall between the two, a wall between the preachers and the cooks. Preachers don't cook, and cooks, they don't preach. These early Christians divided the duties in the fledgling church somewhat along the lines of those described by English journalist Walter Bagehot. Writing in 1867 about the United Kingdom's constitution, Bagehot argued it was divided into two parts or two branches, which he called the dignified and the efficient. In Bagehot's scheme, the monarchy represents the dignified branch by symbolizing and unifying the state through pomp and ceremony, mystique and pageantry. Parliament, by contrast, parliament represents the efficient branch through the making of laws and the provision of public services. Put differently, the monarchy tends to the poetic and Parliament to the prosaic. The monarchy floats above the fray, while Parliament mucks about in the dirty business of lawmaking. Now, we know better than to believe that the British monarchy is unfailingly dignified. It is not. Nor is Parliament reliably efficient. 
it is not. Nevertheless, you can't help but appreciate the neatness of Badgett's argument. Separate entities working in parallel, working in tandem, to achieve a sort of fine clockworks of dignity and efficiency. The monarchy, as the svelte face and case of an elegant clock, while behind the scenes there is a whirr of precise mechanical movements as undertaken by Parliament. How humans organize ourselves is an everlasting question with as many opinions as there are people. The earliest Christians opted for two branches. Those who preached were, as it were, the dignified branch. Those who fed the hungry, that is, those who purchased the food, peeled potatoes, washed pots, and mingled with the poorest of the poor, they embody the efficient branch of the church, getting the work done. In this, our 352nd year, on this day of our 351st annual meeting, our annual report is a testimony to how we organize ourselves, how we divvy up the work, make assignments, choose leaders, spend money, get things done, all for the sake of serving as crew to this old ship of faith. In turn, the mission of this ship of faith is to carry as our cargo the story of God's good news and, throughout the voyage, undertake Christian acts of mercy, justice, and beauty. Old South Church has not one but two governing documents, one prosaic or efficient, our bylaws, and the other poetic or dignified, our church covenant. And you will be glad to know that our church covenant is securely embedded in our bylaws. In one way of looking at it, you could argue that our Old South Church boards, committees, and task forces, of which we have many, along with the majority of our staff, that these represent the efficient branch of our work. By contrast, one could argue the clergy and musicians, those responsible for ceremony and pageantry, we represent the dignified branch. But I would like to argue something different. In my view, Old South Church at its best embodies both the efficient and the dignified in each and every incarnation of our life. In this view, there is dignity in efficiency and efficiency in dignity. In this view, our pageantry and our potato peeling, and we do plenty of both, are different expressions of the same ministry. In this view, none of us floats above the fray. In this view, the material and the spiritual, they are inseparable as are our worship life and our works of justice and mercy. In my experience of this church, 
over the past 16 years, none of us is beneath potato peeling or pot washing or mingling with the poorest of the poor. Indeed, it is the ease with which the leaders and members of this church unfailingly over and over again glide back and forth between the dignities and the efficiencies that makes this church something very special, very special. Human organization is endlessly tricky and fraught. As we have seen played out in our nation's capital, coming to a head on January 6th, no way of organizing ourselves can be taken for granted. Things can always go sideways. Vigilance is required. Indeed, the church, by which I mean the church writ large, the church across time and around the world, the church is no stranger to internecine uprisings, to divisions, factions, accusations of favoritism, complaints about leadership, even occasionally to the point of violence. At Old South Church in Boston, I would argue that the thing that holds us all together, the elegant clock face and the whirring machinery within, is this, the good will of the people, your good will your helpfulness, your cheerleading of your leaders, your prayers, your generosity of time and talent and means, your faithfulness, your seriousness about Christianity and about this church's responsibilities to God and God's world. This past year, that terrible and magnificent year, is a good example you faced and met the challenges and the exhaustion, the heartache and the outrage with kindness and courage and determination. God bless you. Crewing this old ship of faith is a mighty undertaking, involving every one of us, everyone at an oar, each pulling, each as we can. Thus, I declare, in our 352nd year, out upon the high seas, whether pounded by pandemic or bearing up to embrace the winds of racial reckoning, we are all hands on deck, holding the course steady and firm, guided by our day star, even Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen.